0: Great save by Anderson Riley stayed on side. The late man Matthews, great move. What a goal! Beauty Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman into the net. Scott. season two, episode two of Not Another Leafs podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken on joined by Brendan McCarthy. BMAC, what's up, brother?
1: Kenny, my goodness. Happy belated. Hey, it's Joffrey Lupo. Happy birthday. The
0: big three zero, Big 3-0. Uh, don't feel a day over 28. It was uh, an eventful weekend, at least on Saturday night. Had a couple drinks in with the roomies, had a nice dinner. So uh, needless to say, yesterday was a rest day. For this guy, didn't really uh, get into too much. Just parked it, watched a little football, and basically just uh, tried to sleep it off.
1: Active recovery days, man. Those are key days. You need those days. I don't know.
0: If we're saying active recovery, uh, we're using that pretty loosely. Not too much going on in the world of sports at this time of year. Like right now, normally we'd be buzzing around, probably have a, a Leaf game going on this past Saturday night, probably have one again going on tomorrow night. But seeing as everything got pushed back, it's a little bit of a quieter time of year. But the Lou Marsh Award winners are being announced tomorrow. Uh, i got to think that Alfonso Davies, the left wing for Barcelona, or not Barcelona, rather, for Bayern Munich, has to be the front-runner in this campaign. He just had an outstanding season in one of the top leagues in Europe. We understand how difficult the transition can be, moving from the MLS to competition at that level, and he has been outstanding for the club.
1: I mean, he is clearly the front-runner to win it. I was listing off potential candidates, but really, Kenny, I don't think anyone can compete with this young superstar in the making. I mean, he won Bundesliga Rookie of the Year, helped Bayern Munich win the UEFA Champions League title, I just can't get over how how much prime he has left. I mean, he hasn't really even hit his prime. He has, he has so much more uh, left, and he's just such an ultra, ultra competitor. Great for Canada. Great for Canadian soccer. I really don't think anyone can rival with him. Maybe Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, if I'm getting that right. I'm not really a good French-speaking individual. <laughs>
0: no, no, don't pass French stuff down.
1: But he also won, yesterday, we're recording this Monday, December 7th, he won Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year, which is incredible because, of course, he's got a Super Bowl ring, but he decided to take the season off and be a frontline worker in in the medical field as well. So he definitely deserved that. But of course, Lou Marsh is just strictly sports. So I think Fonzo has got it in the bag. Jamal Murray, maybe. I mean, I know he really kind of shined in the playoffs, but... I really don't think anyone can compete with Alfonso. Yeah,
0: when it comes to team sports as well, oftentimes this is an award you see it go to, you know, a skier or a bobsledder or it's more of an individual award oftentimes. La Bianca Andreescu was the winner last year, I believe. Yes. Obviously after her amazing campaign. Uh, for Alfonso Davies to be in the conversation and be in the team sport and for Jamal Murray to be in the conversation and be in the team sport shows how important they've been as Canadian athletes on the whole to the country and the presence that they've brought for Canadians on the international level. I just think this season with all that Davis has done and it's just been incredible to watch. So all the best to all the nominees, but feel like Davies is the front runner this season. Some news out of the NHL, uh, more geared towards the World Juniors. Uh, the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers, disappointingly for the Americans and the Canadians, announced that Jack Hughes nor Alexie Lafreniere will be allowed to compete at the World Junior Championships this winter. Were you surprised by this decision, this decision BMAC?
1: Not really, considering what Alexie Lafreniere was able to accomplish last year. I mean, they won a gold medal. He was rightly picked first overall. He was drafted to a phenomenal hockey market and one of the most storied franchises ever. I think it's right that uh, Dave Quinn and Jeff Gordon, I believe it's the Rangers GM, they made the right pick. And you have to covet your most prized possession. I mean, you remember this is the Olympics, but six years ago to – equate it to the Buds, John Tavares went down with that horrific leg injury in Sochi against Latvia, and he was done for the season.
0: Yeah, and it ruined the Islander season.
1: That was it. So, you know, there's that risk you take if if you do send your your top player, but you're thinking, well, why, what does he have left to prove? If they play silver last year, and and Russia beat them really badly, and they're hungry, they want to come back for revenge, and they still are, but they ultimately are the defending champions. So, It makes sense for Alexi Lafreniere to make this next step. He is now in the NHL big leagues and it's, I think it's better for him to get acclimated more with a a big league group and be acclimated in the culture of New York.
0: Well, I think the important thing that you pointed out is that like, what else does he have to accomplish? Yeah. They already won the gold. He was already the top player in the tournament. He went first overall. It'd be different if there was something left on the table still for him to accomplish, but really all that he can accomplish by doing this is not winning the gold or maybe they do win the gold or whatever, but maybe he's not the best player in the tournament and maybe he doesn't play that well. And maybe they don't win the gold medal. And then all of a sudden you're left with this bad taste in your mouth about his play at the world junior level, despite his play last season and at this point, What's really going to matter for him moving forward is his ability to establish himself and be a contributor at the NHL level for the New York Rangers in year one of his career.
1: Absolutely. I agree. And you know what? There's still going to be a lot of returnees on that team that can help build and propel Team Canada to potentially another gold medal game. So obviously, he was their piece last year, but now he's moved on. It's like, you know, when you're a stud in high school and finally making the next move and you got to play in college it might be kind of like oh i could come back and dominate in high school but i've made that next move time to move on yeah i <laughs> wasn't i wasn't a, I wasn't a, a, a jock in <laughs> yeah. high school i wasn't i was getting any player. scholarships
0: no i think uh, i think i got offered one scholarship and it was like a very very loose offer it was uh, hmm. to new england college to play lacrosse and i was like hey so like what's so what's your situation and they were basically like yeah we can give you like free books it was a private like university sick. out of state. <laughs> so it was like, basically they were like, yeah, you can come play lacrosse for us, but you're going to have to pay. It would have ended up being like $150,000 out of pocket.
1: Good. And I was like, Lord. oh, that sounds
0: like a good offer for somebody, but not necessarily for uh, this guy at this point in my athletic career.
1: Yes. No, that, Hey, that's fair. I didn't know you were a lacrosse guy.
0: I played a little bit. I started late. I think I started my uh, sophomore year in high school, which would have been uh, grade 10. But it was basically just a pretty easy assimilation because, like, I played hockey forever, and they're basically like, "Yeah, just play defense and then field across the states." They give you a, a six-foot long pole. If you play defense, so it's similar length to a hockey stick, and right. they can just beat beat these attackmen to a bloody pulp. And It's basically just legal. Do you still? So, would
1: you ever get like the tap on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, Ken, light him up?"
0: <laughs> oh man, that's I'm pretty sure that's the only reason that they got me on the team. Like, this guy's an athlete. All, a, we don't have got enough defensemen. B, this guy's an athlete, and like we can teach him to just like, you know, play the position and do this. It's like I wasn't going to be winning any all-state awards, but I was a sustainable defenseman. And when I got the ball, I just take off. And I used to have pretty high top-end speeds; nobody was really going to catch me. And I just run up, clear the ball, toss it to one of the real all-state players, and let them Thanks. go in and score the goal. And I just get off the field.
1: Hey, man, nothing better than a secondary assist. You started that play. The secondary assist, yeah, I'm all about it.
0: Um, Dorian and Melnick have been pretty vocal this week, eh? Have you uh, been seeing what they've been saying to the media?
1: Not too much, buddy. I'm going to be honest. So basically,
0: like, I'll, I'll, in short form, the what they're suggesting is that the team right now, after all of their offseason moves, is ready to compete, and that now is the time to perform. You buy in what the... Uh, Senators, GM, and management, or GM and ownership, I should say, is saying about the team heading into the season?
1: Well, it's optimistic, but it's not realistic. You know, this is a team that is still in the early stages of of rebuilding. And, you know, there's a a time and place where you can say, for your team, we're locked in and in win-now mode. There's a couple teams in, in – well, if we're talking about an all-Canadian division that are at that point, but that's just wishful thinking from Senators' management.
0: It's just lip service at this point, right? Yeah. Like you have to say it. The GM has to say it. You know, we're expecting to compete. We want this team to be competitive. We've gone through a lot of the growing pains, yada, yada, yada. When in retrospect. They do have a ton of prospects. They did have some nice offseason acquisitions. I like the price point that they acquired and the, what they got him signed to. I like Matt Murray and Net. I think that at that price point and with his veteran experience, he could be a contributor. I like the signing of Genny Dadunov from the Florida Panthers. I think he brings some scoring on the wing. Alex Galchenyak, he's been a little bit of a suitcase. But again, at a low price point can come in and maybe influence the young players a little bit. I'm not privy to how he is in the locker room. I do think they had a, pot, a lot of positives this off season and obviously it's been noted how many draft picks they had coming into the draft so a lot of players ready to be groomed for the future but you're you're exactly right we've noted on the last podcast where we've been talking about the all canadian division that it's basically consensus that the Ottawa Senators are going to be finishing in last place
1: yes and you know years ago it would be Montreal and Ottawa always giving the Leafs headaches. And quite frankly, the games they had this past season, Kenny, they still drove the Leafs nuts. And that's what that's what they do. They, they know they're bottom-tier teams at this point, and they're just a thorn on the opponent's side every night. Look what Montreal did to Pittsburgh, right, in, in the play-in. I think it's
0: when you look at these teams as well. There's just so much familiarity there. And when you get into a rivalry game – Yes, top-end skill matters, and yes, like, there are, like, a bunch of contributing factors, but these players get up for these games. Like, it doesn't matter, like, even when Toronto was in last place and all was playing well, it's like, it still could be anyone's ga- game on, like, that given night. Now it's the same thing. Toronto's expecting to be competing for a playoff slot and hopefully looking to win their first round of the playoffs And I can't remember how long. And the Senators are in the middle of this big rebuild, but it doesn't seem to matter. They're still going to play each other competitively each time they're on the ice.
1: Their last playoff round win, 2004, 16 years ago.
0: 2004. I wasn't even My born. Goodness, I... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? What? Actually, what? when was your birthday? Are you like 95? I'm March 96. 23rd,
1: 1995.
0: 1995. Yeah. So you're, you're at least still the nineties baby, but yeah, yeah, that's, it's, it's hectic to think about that it's been that long since this team has made the playoffs and everybody, all the other fan bases will love to point that out. So I don't know how you, we could possibly forget as Leafs fans, but it's been a tough stretch, man. And the expectation is going to be that this team competes, which kind of leads into what another subject that I want to talk about. How long do you think Kyle Dubas' leash is going to be this season? Because obviously it's been noted The expectations for the team—you know—we've heard all the, all the chatter from Dubis, from Keith, and their media availability, and talking about the expectations and the potential of the team, and all that stuff. How long is Dubis's leash?
1: I think you're going to see Dubis unleashed. He doesn't have to deal with unleashed. I think I don't think he (laughs) has to deal. Yeah, Dubis (laughs) unleashed. This January, it's Dubis.
0: Dubis unleashed. Just Kyle Dubis and Steve Simmons
1: in the steel cage. Oh my god. I would pay big bucks to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you and I would be just front front row. row. So I don't even really know like wrestling or boxing terms. Front row of the ring. We'd be front row. Rink side. So it is, is how it is. Probably. Yeah. So I think he's just gonna be so much more comfortable and laxed, and he knows what he's been able to do this off season. It's gonna ideally uh, affect the team in a positive way on the ice, but Dubas has full control, man. I think the only guy that can really pull him back at this point is Shanny,
0: and the MLSC board.
1: True, which but, is
0: uh, I think they're they're the ones that are really driving the bus. You know, you go into that boardroom with Larry Tannenbaum and like all those guys who are just sitting in the in the back. They don't really uh they don't really get involved with the media availability or too much. But from what I heard, when Babcock got gassed last year there was a little meeting in the mlsc boardroom the night before the game in vegas and i think it was a foregone conclusion regardless of what happened in that game or not but there may or may not have been some suggestions from some higher-ups that it was time for there to be a change at the front and it wasn't necessarily shanahan's doing and it wasn't necessarily kyle dubas doing it was just sort of like this is how it's going to go so get your ass on the bird and get down there
1: Fair enough. No, I mean, if, if it comes to that, they can always just take utter control, but <laughs> to, to answer your question, I don't think he'll have a short leash. I think it's going to be the most calm, relaxed Dubis you've seen.
0: So he's, yeah, he's just going to be fine.
1: I, to think be fine. That, I think that's, I think that the, the leash.
0: leash from the organization is probably going to be, it'll be decent this year. I think that if they don't have playoff success this year, then next year you're talking like real real short like better win two rounds better be in into at least uh, the first round i would expect but probably win two rounds and be into the eastern conference final next year if they can't do anything this year it's going to be the expectation and if yes. they if they are able to get past that threshold as a group then that's when i think that the organization probably has to think about going a different direction because I don't know how long does the average GM run? Usually they give you about five years to build your teams. So like this is Kyle Dubas' team now.
1: If you're Buffalo, The only players I
0: really left over is like Morgan Riley, who obviously Brian Burke drafted. And then you got the goaltender, Frederick Anderson, who was brought in by Bobby Lou. Outside of that, the majority of the moves have been made by Kyle.
1: If you're Buffalo, you're changing GMs every two months.
0: yeah that's fair to give you some some, some organizations uh, have (laughs) a little bit more of a hair trigger than others that's for certain
1: hey did you see the jerome mcginla boston tv network snowstorm segment that was hilarious and you know what jerome handled it like a champ you know his 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 resume speaks for itself he's a classy guy former boston bruin former boston bruin for i mean towards the end of his career he was going everywhere he was in la but obviously we know him well for his first time in, in calgary yeah it was uh, it,
0: it was hilarious it was so like,
1: good and we've seen it before remember when clay thompson was interviewed and people didn't know it was clay thompson it was there it was just like i don't know maybe a couple of years ago before the warriors won in 2015 or something but i, I, I just love how
0: with, it happened with adrian peterson as well
1: it? Okay, thank were, you. I Where they, they
0: interviewed him in a parking lot about like gang violence and yeah. like, the city or whatever, he was sort of like talking about it. And then at the end, they were like, "Could we just get your name for so that we can put the tag underneath?" It <laughs> was it was like Adrian Peterson, and the guy like, was like, "Thank uh, you, noted." Like,
1: <laughs> wait. <laughs> then, no, I just thought it was so good because even when he answered it, he's he's so humble, and he knows that it's like, wow, well, like this is probably gonna get blown up by the media, and it did pretty much ran sports center yesterday and it's it's kind of just cool to see how you know he just looks like an average joe and the way he was answering it too he's like yeah we had some tough stretches obviously like <laughs> it's just pulling that from his old post-game interviews and he's trying to use it on on wintry, snowy roads
0: yeah just talking about how uh i believe he talked about how They're used to getting a lot of snow in Canada, so it's not something that he isn't used to before. It was (laughs) great. I loved it. It was so funny. Hey, I've I've got a question for you, and we aren't going to put the bumper in or anything, but it's a little bit of a belief it or not. just wanted to toss one at you. What do you think the chances are that Austin Matthews could win the Rocket next year? Do you believe they could?
1: That's an excellent question.
0: It's like it's Something basically like him or the over. field, so it's kind of it's kind of like well, obviously you'd probably feel more comfortable taking the field, but let me just pitch my case to you. Ovechkin is thirty-five; he's not getting any younger. He's still going to get his, but I feel like if now more than ever is a good chance for somebody to surpass him. Pasternak, who was also in the conversation last year, I believe is going to be missing the beginning of the year because he's getting surgery, so he's not going to be playing as many games as Matthews, which. By my money, those are the two guys that you're going to be directly competing with if you're looking based off last season and prior seasons. So this is an excellent opportunity for Matthews to surpass Ovechkin. I mean, he was only one goal short of tying both Pasternak and Ovechkin last season.
1: He's at 47 before play was suspended. Correct. I think maybe a, a reduced season could could really impact Matthews in a good way. I think he'll he'll come out of the gate really hot. And I think, to answer your question, he does have an excellent chance of of winning Rocket Rashard. Yeah. it's just condensed. There's none of that, okay, you hit a dry spell for a little bit, you get after yourself, you're on yourself too much, it's weighing on your shoulders. This is just 48 to 56 games, whatever the league and the players decide, and it's go, 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 you know? So this could really, really be good for Matthews.
0: I think he has as good of a chance as any of those guys that I just listed. Like we said, Pasternak is going to miss some time. There's probably going to be a couple players who you aren't expecting who are just going to get hot, like you said. Panarin, man. Panarin and could
1: have a huge year.
0: He could. In the shortened season, it's like the flip of a coin, man, because like yeah. you said, you aren't going to really have time to go through those bad stretches. If you no. go through, if a team goes through a bad stretch, if a player goes through a bad stretch, it's pretty much going to be, you know, pull yourself by your bootstraps and figure it out because you aren't going to be able to be throwing away points willy-nilly in the shortened season the same way that, quite frankly, Toronto has done that over the last several seasons
1: and more back to backs too. I'm sure there's not going to be any time to really mull things over. It's like, well, we got to fly out to Buffalo tomorrow. So let's forget about that one. And Matthew's go and get a pair if you can. And it's just going to, I think it's going to be better mentally for them. Just keep, keep at it.
0: Just keep moving. Keep moving. Keep it moving. Moving
1: on up.
0: Yeah. I would expect as well to probably see a big year out of Marner. Like, uh, on on the wing, uh, it depends to see who Sheldon Keefe is going to put him with. My gut would say they probably is going to try to get Johnny Toronto going again, and they might try to rejuvenate that line that had such success in 2018, 2019 with uh, JT Hyman and Marner, and then maybe you see like a Matthews, McKeever, Nylander sort of situation. But I think this is going to be another situation where like Marner could be pushing for most overall points in the league as well. He's been sniffing around uh, about 100 the last couple of years. I think he has just a good chance as anybody to be pushing for that.
1: He can. Absolutely. And I, I do like Hyman and Tavares together. I know since 2016, they've been really pushing for Hyman and, and Matthews together, but I think what's great about all the off season acquisitions, Kenny, is that Keith can just have fun. Like he can just throw his top six into a blender, you know, maybe Simmons gets paired with Matthews, like you said, Mikheyev, but they're going to have tons of options. The top six is just going to be, headache for opposing teams
0: yeah and the leadership group we've talked about that before is really established now with lots of guys that don't necessarily need something stitched on their jersey to make their voice heard in the locker room whether that's thornton whether it's simmons whether it's frederick anderson whether it's uh jason spezza who's been established as being an important part in that locker room there's gonna be a lot of voices here and i really feel like this team has a different feel moving into the season than they have in years past
1: let's get to our most popular segment, the library, library bar. bar. Should we change it up for season two? Maybe call it uh <laughs> some other bougie bar. No, let's stick
0: it. Let's stick with the library bar for now. We can change it when we have like a funny anecdote for why we want to change it. That piece of shit, then
1: well, away. I I was really just making a list yesterday of who I wanted to choose this week, who's boozing it up at the library bar, and I'm sure you watched at least your Pats blow out the Chargers yesterday. It was just a wild I week. That. My goodness. I'm going to have to go with Colt McCoy. He came in to serve as backup. Daniel Jones was out for the Giants with a hamstring injury, and they beat the Seahawks somehow.
0: Well, like- the Seahawks' defense has been absolutely dreadful. It's hard to think of them as having a terrible defense because everybody remembers those Legion of Boom teams in the you know, mid to late 2000s with you know, Reg- Richard Sherman like anchoring that decor, and they were unstoppable. And now they've transitioned from being a defensive powerhouse to being an offensive powerhouse. And the connection between Russell Nielsen and DK Metcalf is one of the best tandems in the league. They just need to figure out a way to slow down the other team's opposition because the opposition's quarterbacks and offense, because they haven't been able to do it. And there is no reason that Colt McCoy should have been showcased like that against a team that's a better team.
1: He hadn't won since October of 2014. He deserves a few Stellas.
0: Was he another Cleveland Browns draft pick that just didn't work out? I he, believe he was. He
1: might have been. I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was a while there where they just kept picking quarterbacks, like, kind of every year, and it was just a disaster. Like, Brandon Whedon was another one, I believe, Colt McCoy. Um, Brady Quinn, was he de- drafted by the Browns as well? I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but we can pull up a list for sure of, like, all the Browns quarterbacks. It's just a, it's a – They've just had a dreadful record, like over the last like ten, twenty years of quarterbacks taken. It's like seems like there's a new one in every year.
1: Well, that was my other guy too. Speaking of the Browns, is Baker Mayfield. I mean, yesterday with a win, Browns have a winning season for the first time since '07. So I th- Baker went off yesterday for like four TDs. I think I think he's joining uh, McCoy up at the library bay.
0: Let's see. What about Derek you? Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, Colt McCoy, Brandon Whedon, Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer. Hey, Johnny Manziel, you remember that guy? Oh uh, Josh McCowan, another one. commercial
1: acting now. Baker,
0: and now Baker Mayfield. There's there's a ton. Robert Griffin took some snaps in there in the mid in the midterm. Like, it's it's been unbelievable to watch the rotating door there. Uh, I'm actually going to pick the quarterback of another team, of the San Diego Super Judges, Justin Herbert. My goodness, did he, they look like a deer in the headlights against New England? And we've often talked on this pod how New England struggled the last several seasons or the last uh, several games coming into coming into this matchup, and they just made this team look like a bad Division One football
1: team, high school team.
0: It was it was horrendous. What was the final score? Forty-five 0 Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable showing by the Patriots, who have been just depleted this year, depleted roster. Uh, Cam Newton's looked, at times, really good, like the former MVP. And at times, he's just looked lost behind center for New England. Uh, a couple rushing touchdowns yesterday for Cam. But my goodness, Justin Herbert, who's looked so good this season, is going to need a drink after getting shutouts in Foxborough.
1: Another Texans loss yesterday. It was They were within reach, too, to win it. Deshaun Watson fumbles in the red zone. And he just looked absolutely dejected afterwards. I don't know. I I don't want to speak too soon, but he might wanna he might wanna request a trade out of Houston. If that's the case, yikes.
0: Yeah. So it's looking like they're going to be in a rebuild again, and they're the one of these teams who perennially is just always trying to adjust on the fly. And when Bill O'Brien traded DeAndre Hopkins, I thought that was kind of the nail in the coffin for those guys that you know give up a player of that echelon. And the return wasn't great either. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm Watson, I wouldn't blame his agent at all. If they were like, he's like, you know what? It's time to get me out of here.
1: He needs Quarterbacks
0: are at a premium. You could get a great return if you're Houston and is your window going to line up with what Deshaun wants to do? Cause that's the question that you have to ask yourself. Are you going to be able to compete with this guy at quarterback? Or are you just burning his career? Cause it could be best for both sides to just move on.
1: It's going to be a situation where, Hey, I want out of here. Or if you want to load up some more offensive weapons for me, that would be great. Because Deshaun Watson, he's a stud. He was taken in the same draft as Patty Mahomes and Mitch Trubisky in 2017, a loaded draft. So we know what Deshaun is capable of. And it's really, as you said, just burning his career. So they got to make moves, uh, not moves like trading your, your star receiver.
0: Hey, what do you make of uh, the NHL saying that they're going to be just, that they're just taking their time? I know this isn't a surprise to anybody, but they've been pretty open that they aren't trying to rush the schematics or the planning. And I got to be honest, I feel like this is a big missed opportunity for them to get their stuff off and running, like at the same time as the NBA, they can just sort of get well established into the season and sort of get those January 1st games in that they have always been like, so notably like the winter classic and the outdoor games, that's sort of their day. And it looks like this point, like that's, that's just not going to happen for him.
1: I'm, as each day goes on here, Ken, I'm just kind of sitting here going, like, what, what is next? Like, where is the urgency here? Look how quickly and efficiently the NBA and the Players Association were able to work together and get a season intact and a format going. And they did it effectively. And the NHL needs to follow suit here.
0: I think the one thing I would say about the NBA and the difference for the NHL is that the NHL is gate-driven. The NBA has big enough television contracts in the States that they can still turn a profit based off just showing their games on television. Where we've often talked about the smaller markets in the NHL, they need to have people in the seats to be making money. And they have, obviously, it's not looking like that's going to be the case. Certainly, it won't be the case in Canada for a long time. I would be surprised if we were going to be able to be in a stadium that's not open air by this time next year.
1: It's scary to think so, but it's a, a strong possibility.
0: Do you also see uh, Claude Julian's comments on the Canadian division? Uh, he seems to agree with us saying that it's going to be extremely competitive and that'll it be a pretty good <laughs> battle for the Montreal Canadiens to try to compete.
1: It's going to be... I, I if, if this finally gets organized and uh, I mean, the only thing that's the most sure right now is an all Canadian division, but let's, let's worry about the other facets that need to get sorted out first. And because as we keep getting into December here, suddenly it's going to be Christmas and the season is just going to keep getting pushed Uh, of late. uh, According to some TSN hockey insiders, when I'm floating around studio, that could be as, as late as early feb
0: yeah that's what it's looking like like best case ontario right now it's going to be second week of january and the each day that goes by that we don't really hear anything like what are they going to do they're going to try to cram a training camp into you know seven days ten days and just do everything on a much faster schedule a certain like there are certain things that you just can't rush as much as they're going to want to rush it and they're just going to need to push it back or they're going to keep having to push it back. Like whether it's second week of January, you know, first week of February, that's what it's looking like now.
1: Thank God we have football virtually every day to watch. Like if it literally yeah, feels no we kidding. have one day off of, of NFL.
0: No Wednesday game this week. I was a little bit disappointed. No Wednesday nighter. <laughs> no, no Wednesday afternooner.
1: Afternooner. Well, Well, yeah,
0: that, that, that was a little disappointment. A pair of games tonight though. So uh, we can double catch adder? those ones. Yeah. And the doubleheader.
1: And then I believe the Ravens play Tuesday. Against yeah. a team I'm unsure of.
0: It's the one saving grace, my friends. You're right that we got football, and then sort of basketball and hockey will come back, and then baseball will come back. And looks like it's going to be another full year of sports. All right, buddy. Got anything else for me today?
1: Well, no, I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thanks uh, everybody for listening to this week's episode of Not Another least Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LeafsPod, at HockeyPodNet, at Ken Stapon, at mccarthy 95 And we'll catch you next time.